Thank you guys for that clear picture of who Christ is, what he's done for us. That's great. This is our last uh, sermon of 2012. Uh, 2013 is coming, uh, and there's nothing we can do about it. And, uh, but here it comes. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a new sermon series, a three-parter, uh, starting next weekend and the next two weekends after that, called The End. Uh, we're going to talk about the end of the world. You know, the Mayans had their shot, and uh, they blew it. So we're going to look at, uh, you know, we've seen the rest. We're going to look at the best. We're going to look at what the Bible has to say uh, about uh, the end of the world. We've got a little teaser video here for you about, uh, about this sermon series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's on. It's on. It's on. It's on. Come on, come look at this. happening across the country. Look. It has also been confirmed that these occurrences are happening around the world as well. We are waiting on an official statement right now from the federal emergency. Can you see it out here? Oh, my gosh. things that are in store for us as uh, we approach the end, and uh, we're going to be talking about those for the next uh, three weeks. Uh, But tonight I want to talk to you about the beginning, uh, the beginning of 2013, and how we need to approach uh, a new year. Uh, The reality is that in this coming year, there are going to be changes that will happen in your life. Now, some changes are expected, some changes are even welcomed, and we will rejoice when they come. Some changes that are going to come into your life are not expected, they are not welcome, and uh, they won't bring you joy. Uh, The reality is, is that some of us this next year are going to get sick. Uh, Some of us this next year are going to get healed. Some of us next year are going to lose our jobs. Uh, Some of us are going to find better jobs. Uh, The one thing that stays the same is things change. But we need to recognize in the midst of that change and those changes ahead of us that we don't know about, there's one thing that we can know for sure. And that is that Jesus Christ, our Lord, doesn't change. Uh, Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can find real comfort in that. Christ is the master. He is the Lord. He, He was there before the beginning of time. He was there yesterday, before yesterday. Christ is here in the present. Christ is your help and source of comfort right now. And we can rest in the fact that Christ will be there forever. So no matter what changes you face in the new year, Jesus Christ is someone who will not change on you. Uh, He'll be consistent and faithful. Now there's something about a new year, even with all those unexpected changes that are coming, there's something about a new year that promises a new start. Uh, One of my favorite things in life, I I love New Year, and one of the reasons why I love a New Year is because you get a brand new calendar. And I love to get a brand new calendar because it's blank. You get to sit down, you get to look ahead for the next 12 months, you get to dream and plan and, and envision what it is you'd like to do and set new goals and new starts and new things. I love that about a new year. Now, one of the ways that we express our desire for a new start in a new year is through New Year's resolutions. Any of you make New Year's resolutions? 
Yeah, you know what the number one New Year's resolution is? Anybody want to guess? Losing weight is the number one New Year's resolution. And I know it is for me because I eat like a pig from Thanksgiving until New Year's night, and then I resolve that I'm going to lose all that weight that I gain. Uh, Another popular resolution is I'm going to get out of debt because we spend like crazy from Thanksgiving to New Year's on all the Christmas stuff, and then we wind up in debt. And we're going to re- we resolve to change that situation. Now, both of those are good New Year's resolutions. They're good choices. People tend to make good choices for New Year's resolutions. Nobody makes a New Year's resolution, I'm going to be a big jerk this year. Nobody says, this is going to be the year that I'm going to blow up my life. We don't make those kind of resolutions. No, we make good choices. And we say, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to start to exercise. I'm going to finish that project I've been putting off. I'm going to read through the Bible. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to give more. Good resolutions, good choices. Now, a lot of times, New Year's resolutions are nothing more than a self-willed, self-powered attempt to try to fix myself for myself. God wants more for us than that. God wants to make more change for us than that. So this year, I don't want to have a New Year's resolution. I want to have a New Year's revelation. Revelation, not resolution. You know, resolution focuses on me. Revelation focuses on Jesus Christ. I want to see Jesus Christ in a whole new way this year. I want us as a church family to experience Christ in ways we've never experienced Christ before. I don't want to try to fix my life because I've got a good idea for my life. I want to surrender my life to God and say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Now, there may be things in store for you and me that that we won't like at all. There may be uh, things that God wants to do in me that I'm resisting. There may be things that God wants to remove from my life that I am clinging on to. But whatever those changes are, I can know that Jesus Christ will stay the same. I can know that Christ's love and care and protection of me will still be there. I can trust Christ to help me make the changes that I need to make. But if I'm going to make those changes, it won't be through resolutions. It will be through revelation of who Christ is and what he wants to do in my life. I need revelation not resolution. Now, the word revelation literally means to take the veil away. In the book of Revelation, it means that the veil is lifted and we're able to see the future events that are going to happen. But the word revelation isn't just about the future. It means to to expose something that has been hidden. And a way to illustrate it is, is that if I've got my Bible here and it's covered by this cloth, by this veil, okay, You can't see it. It's there. You can't see it. The cloth does not change the Bible. It doesn't affect it. It just prohibits you from being able to see it. But when there is revelation, that's when the veil is removed, and now you can see it. You can see it clearly. Well, the same thing happens in our relationship with God and with Christ. The idea is is that God is always there for you, but we don't always see it. You know, a lot of times that we have barriers blocking our spiritual vision. 
A lot of times we, we can have things, if our eyes aren't focused on Christ, if, if we get them focused on the barrier, focused on the veil that's between us, then, then, then we can't see things. We, can't, we don't have a proper perspective. Now that often happens to us, and in fact, uh, we have expressions that we use that demonstrate that lack of perspective on things. Uh, one of them is when we talk about the sun, and we talk about the sun rising and the sun setting. You know, the the truth is that we know that that's not what really happens. We know that the sun is out there in one spot in space doing its sun thing, and the sun doesn't rise and set. Instead, it's the earth that turns. And when I'm on a spot on the earth, I'm either turning away from the sun or I am turning toward the sun. That's what's really happening. Now, a lot of times in our spiritual life, we don't recognize that the sun is always there. Jesus Christ is always there. He stays the same. We think that God has gone away from us. You know, that's not what's happened. It's a matter of us needing to turn back to him, back to where Christ has been all along. And when I make the conscious choice to turn my eyes to Christ, to realign my focus, to keep my vision on Christ, that's when the Bible says the veil is lifted and we're able to see him more clearly. It talks about that in 2 Corinthians 3. It says whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When you turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away and you can see him more clearly. It says for the Lord is spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we have changed into his glorious image. There there is a life development, a life growth process that's described in this verse. It says that if you turn your eyes to Christ, then he takes away the veil and you can see him more clearly. As you see him more clearly, as that barrier is removed, not only do we see Christ, but we begin to reflect Christ. We are changed to become like Christ. When you trust in Christ, you see Christ more clearly, you begin to reflect Christ because God's unchanging plan, God's desire for your life has always been that you would become like Jesus Christ. That's God's plan for you. Now, some of the things that are going to happen in your life in 2013 are going to be difficult because God wants to build Christ's character in you. You know, if you're going to become like Christ, you're going to need to experience some of the things that Christ experienced. And so I'll just prepare you. You know, uh, Christ endured persecution, suffering, criticism, rejection. Christ was misunderstood and maligned. He was betrayed and abandoned. I mean, he endured all of that and was without sin. Now, those same types of things come into our lives because God wants to build the character of Christ in us. Now, we may not see Christ's character in ourselves yet, but God sees it in you. In fact, when God looks at you, he sees the finished product. When God looks at you, he sees you like Christ. Now, as we trust in God, both through the good and the bad seasons of life, it changes our hearts, it changes our character, it gives us God's perspective on life. But it begins 
with revelation. Now, I think there are three ways that God wants to uh, reveal himself to us in this new year. We're going to look at those right now. First one is, we need to see Christ in his unchanging sovereignty. Jesus Christ is the sovereign Lord of all. Colossians 1.15 Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. You know, Christ is the supreme over all creation. Everything was created by him, through him, and for him. Now, my sister-in-law was teaching a, a bunch of preschoolers this truth, that the idea that God, through Christ, created everything. And one of the little preschool boys caught the vision of the lesson. And he started saying, God made the sun, God made the stars, God made the earth. And then he even went far enough, God made that chair, God made that table, God made that light. And he just was pointing at everything in the room, God made this, God made that. Finally, one other little boy in there had had enough. And he spoke up and said, yeah, well, man made Tupperware. <laughs> now, I will concede to you that man made Tupperware, Okay. But where did man get the tupper to make the wear? He got it from God because everything was created. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Everything was made for Christ, by Christ, and through Christ. The material things that we can see, the spiritual things that we cannot see, Christ holds it all together. And that includes you and me. Christ holds our lives together. He is sovereign over our lives. Now, there is no authority, no power, no influence, no government, no employer, no institution where Christ does not have supreme control. He has your life in his hands. He is sovereign Lord over all. Now, in the coming year, there are going to be situations, there are going to be decisions that you will face, and you will think, you know, I cannot begin to understand how this is good or beneficial to me. But those difficult situations do not take Christ by surprise. Jesus Christ is sovereign Lord over all. And instead of trying to resist or question or, or whine and complain, we need to yield. We need to yield and say, Lord, you are sovereign in my life. I trust that you are holding everything together in my life. Now, folks, I honestly believe that in this coming year, you are going to have to make some conscious decisions about who is sovereign Lord over your life. I mean, our culture, our world, our government, our courts will make decisions this year that will challenge the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. We, we are living at a turning point in history. We are facing things this year in this country that we have never faced before. And you as a Christian are going to have to decide, who am I going to follow? Who will I obey? Who will I trust? Colossians 2.8 says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. 
and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. You know, there is an ideological battle. You're going to be confronted with empty philosophies, with big words, fancy double talk, spoken in condescending tones with noses in the air, uh, based on humanism and secularism, ultimately rooted in the spiritual void and darkness of the world rather than in Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us over and over again, don't be taken captive by that stuff. Do not be deceived. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Christ is the head and ruler over every authority. He's the ruler over everything. And one of the reasons is because of Christmas, because of the incarnation, because that Jesus Christ as God came to earth in a human body he has the right to rule over every authority on earth. Now the world is going to try and tell us what we need to do. The world is going to try and tell us what's best. But this verse says, do not give in to that nonsense. Don't listen to the world system or, or to a worldly way of thinking. The way to live is to surrender to Christ, to recognize his authority, his lordship over everything. Now, it says that Christ lives in bodily form. That leads us to the second revelation that we have. The first revelation is, is that Christ is sovereign and Lord over everything. The second revelation is, I need to see Christ in myself. You need to see Christ in yourself. You know, it's one thing to see Christ as the sovereign ruler over the universe. It's another thing to accept that this ruler of the universe lives in the hearts and lives of you and me. Colossians 1.27 says, For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. That's all of us. This is the secret. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. The masterful, wonderful promise is that the one who rules all things, the one who holds all creation together in his hands, has taken up residence in your heart. The Bible says that, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we are the abode of Christ. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. You know what that means? That means you are never alone. You are never helpless. You are never the victim because this wonderful, unchanging, all-powerful God lives right inside of you. And when life seems too tough, I need to recognize it may be too tough for me, but it is not too tough for Christ who lives in me. Christ is not caught by surprise by anything that happens in my life, any idea in my mind, any thoughts of my heart, you know, Christ, yes, he wants us to see him as sovereign, but he also wants us to see him working right inside of you. 1 John 3. Those who obey God's commands remain in fellowship with him, and he with them, and we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. I've got to stop looking at my life as a series of uncontrollable events. I must instead surrender 
my heart to Christ and say, Lord, I know you have a plan and a purpose for my life. You're doing something grander in my life than I ever imagined. You're not just working out there in the world someplace. You are working right here inside of me. That's where Christ is working. And we need to ask, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to teach me? What is it that you're trying to reveal about your character in me? How is the fruit uh, of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, meekness, faith, self-control, how is that fruit being borne out in my life? Christ, you live inside of me. You created me in your image. Reveal yourself in me and reveal yourself through me. Remove the veil. Let me see you clearly. Let me reflect your glory to other people. And I need to see myself as nothing less than a son or daughter of God, created in the image and likeness of God. I am the very vessel of God and Christ and the Spirit in this world. That's the revelation that we need to have. Christ is in me. Now, another revelation I need this year is we need to see Jesus Christ in others. You know, if Christ is in me, he's in other believers as well. 2 Corinthians 5, he died for everyone. He died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Christ died for everyone. Those who receive the new life that he offers don't live for themselves any longer. They live for Christ. Now, one of the questions that you're going to have to answer, a simple yet profound question that you're going to need to answer in 2013 is, is who will you live for? Who will you live this new year for? Will you live it for yourself? Will you live it for your career? Will you live it for your addiction? Will you live it for your kids? Or will you live it for Christ? It's a question that we must answer. The Bible makes it clear that you can't receive Christ as Savior and not receive him as Lord. Who will you live for? Next revelation. We have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Anyone, Christ died for everyone, anyone who believes in Christ becomes a new person. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, we need to recognize that in ourselves. I mean, how many of, of us would admit that before we came to faith in Christ, there was a lot about our life that was messed up? But after you came to Christ, you see that he's changing you into his image. You know, before Christ, my life was a mess. After Christ, my life is less of a mess. Anybody see that happening in your life? Yeah, go ahead, put them way up. Put them way up. Yeah, look at that. That's the power of the Christian life. That's the power of Christ working in us. And we need to see that. You know, sometimes I get fixated on the things that are wrong with me. You know, I know myself better than anybody other than God. And so I get fixated on the things that are wrong. But if I'm going to honor Christ in my life, then I also need to recognize and acknowledge the things that Christ has changed in me. I am not the person God wants me to be, but I'm not the person I used to be. Yeah. 
You know, Christ has made a huge difference in my life. Because of Christ, I'm a better man, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father than I ever would have been without Christ in my life. And sometimes I look back and consider what my life would be like without Christ, and it just makes me shudder to consider what I would have become. Christ has made huge positive changes in my life. Now, Christ not only wants us to see those changes in ourselves, Christ wants us to recognize those changes in other people. He wants us to see what he's doing in every other person on the planet. Christ lives not only in me. Christ lives in every believer. There are a lot of people that we look at and we, we want to judge and criticize. We want to point out their flaws and their failures. But when Jesus Christ sees them, he sees someone that he died for. He sees someone that he wants to take up residence in. He, he sees someone that he is trying to make like him. And so the Bible says we've got to stop looking at one another from a human point of view. We need to begin to see people through the eyes of Christ. And if they've never accepted Christ, we need to see them as a potential believer in the Lord. We need to see them as someone Christ died for. You know, the world will never be reached for Christ until the saved see the lost as potentially being saved. You know, when, when we focus on ourselves and think, well, you know, I made a decision for Christ, I don't care about anybody else, we're not looking with the eyes of Christ. You know, no matter how messed up people are, Jesus died for them. No matter how messed up they are, they have the potential of becoming a new creation in Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 says God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. You know, one of the ways that we can see Christ in one another is just to recognize that God works in each of our lives differently, but we are all a gift from God. Now turn to the person sitting next to you and say, you are God's gift to me. Yeah, you are God's gift to me. Now, some of you are sitting next to your spouse, and so that's not news. I mean, you've been saying, babe, you're God's gift to me forever and ever. Yeah, but you need to realize that even that goofy guy sitting on the end of the row, he's God's gift to you. You know, the people in front of you, the people behind you, we are God's gift to one another. And the thing that God is trying to teach you, he may be trying to teach you through the people who are sitting around you the love, the patience, the kindness that God wants to build in your life, he's going to build it in your life through those other people. You know, the same spirit makes us one in Christ, and God wants us to see his work in one another. Last scripture, Romans 15. May God, who gives us patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. All of you join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. It's God's desire for us to accept one another. It's God's desire for us to live in harmony with one another, to see what God is doing sovereignly in our own hearts and lives and in the hearts and lives of others. You know, this year, God wants us to move from a selfish approach. Oh, God, I, I want you to change this. I want you to make this better for me, make my life easier here, give me more of this. You know, what if instead of resolutions, 
we chose Revelation? What if instead we said, Lord, I want to see you as the sovereign Lord over my life. God, I want to recognize that you live in me. God, I want to clearly see that you live in the people around me. That'll change your life. Let's pray together. Maybe you're here today and and you've never recognized Christ as the sovereign Lord of your life. He would invite you today just to let that veil be removed, to see him clearly as the final authority, the supreme ruler over your life. He is the one who holds your life together. Would you just recognize him as the Lord over your life? And maybe today you need to recognize the truth that as you place your faith and trust in Christ, that Christ resides in you. Father, we thank you that Christ is in us. Thank you for the power and the presence, the strength, the hope that comes from that. And God, help us to see that in other believers. Help us to recognize that you're not working just in the world around us. You're not working just in our own lives. But you are at work in the lives of the brothers and sisters in Christ who are around us. God, help us to recognize the gift that we are to one another. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.